what is God saying to us in this season of uh, social distancing and stuff like that? And I, I think the thing I want to say is, for us as a church, New Life Church, Crouch Valley, it's really, really important that we start to focus some of our attention on what happens next. You know, in many ways, the church across the nation and the nations has been um, shut down, although I would say the church is doing lots and lots of stuff uh, working around it. But there's nothing like us being together, being that light that shines out into the darkness. Uh, there is something about being corporately together, being family, and those things are really, really important. As much as we enjoy doing the live streaming and stuff like that. It's really, really important that we are family, that we, we, we are called to make a difference. We are light bearers. The, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in us for us and on us for other people. And as I've been thinking about that over the last couple of days, I've just been reminded of Matthew 9, 35 to 37. And I'm just going to read it to you. If you've got your Bibles, it'd be really great if you could follow it with me. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And as I was just finishing there this morning, I have a quick read before I come out again. I just realized that in chapter 10, Jesus gives a little bit more direction about what workers in the harvest field should do. And he said he, gave his, he called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out demons, to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And I want to say that disease in that context for me is not just uh, things like coronavirus. Disease could be breakdown of family, the uh, breakdown of uh, marriages, it could be abuse. There's loads of diseases in our world that I believe God wants his people to address. And that's why we're called to be, he's asking for workers to go out into the harvest field. So God always desires intimacy with his children. My dad, who's now 89 and his mind's not quite where it once was, he enjoys nothing better than his family being around him. He, he still calls me his boy, and I'm 58. And our Heavenly Father, I don't believe, is any different. He, he desires intimacy with his children. And I love the picture in Genesis 3.8, although it's, it, it's kind of referring to the fall of man, where man went against God's purposes and plans, but I love the picture of God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And I, I, I still meditate that when I'm out walking, when I'm out doing stuff, I, I just meditate on the fact that God is with me. He has said in his, his word that if you love him, he is with you always. He is still seeking intimacy with us today. He's still bringing people into a right relationship with him today. And I was listening to one of my friends, um, Andrew Cannon, a, a few days ago, and he was just telling us his story of how he found Jesus uh, after nine years of heroin addiction. And he, he was at a, a place, and before anyone had even said anything, he felt a pull in his heart that he needed to give his life to Jesus. And God immediately touched him and 
healed him completely from nine years of cocaine addiction. The God of the Bible is still alive today and he's calling people to himself. And Jesus is the model for me of intimacy with the Father. So if you turn to John chapter 38, uh, sorry, John 9, 38. Uh, John's such a beautiful book. Uh, you, you could read loads of all of it and still uh, desire more. But I just want to focus on a couple of verses. John 8, verse 38. Uh, Jesus said this, I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you do not do, and you do what you have heard from your Father. Here is Jesus saying, He's seen what His Father does in His presence. So, so in his presence. So I want to just say to you that Jesus is the standard. He was operating out of his humanity. So if Jesus can walk, can see what the Father's doing, then guess what? I believe so can I and so can you. And that's really, really important. Sometimes we, we feel that we're just being pre prepared for heaven. And I believe that is what the gospel does. The gospel uh, talks about knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that, gives, that means when I die, I go to heaven. But I believe that also what Jesus wants to do is use me now to demonstrate his glory, even to people that do not yet know him. So therefore, having a, a relationship with the Father is really, really vital. John, John 5, 19 to 20. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. I believe that I can walk so intimately with God that I hear his voice really, really clearly. Do this, Rob. Say hi to that person. Say something positive. That person needs a positive word. He is our Father in heaven is always speaking and we need ears to hear what he is saying. And Jesus gave us that model that that is what he did. He constantly did what he felt the Father was telling him to do. If you turn to John 14. So we go to John 14 verses 6 and 7. Uh, I love this because it just Jesus answered, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the only way to be saved is to know Jesus. And when we know Jesus, it gives us access to the Father. So if you don't know Jesus today and you're watching this, I just want to say to you that Jesus is reaching out to you right now. He desires a relationship with you because he wants to give you access to his Father in heaven, which takes us back to the garden when God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And he, God is jealous for you. He desires to have communion with you. We, I, I thought in a garden in Keldon Ash that I chose God, but no, he was reaching out to me much before I chose him. But I just heard him, his love song saying, Rob, I want you to be my son. And then if we go to John 14, verse 9. This is what Jesus said. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. That's what Jesus said of himself. You see me, you've seen the Father. 
And I, and I, I find that, I wish I could say that. If you, if you watched my life 100%, you'd have seen the Father. There's times when I don't quite live at that standard. But I believe that's the standard we pursue. You know, in Romans it talks about being justified, but then being sanctified. And uh, sanctification takes a lifetime. Sin stops us sometimes in our journey of sanctification. So sin needs to be dealt with. It needs to be addressed. And the closer that I walk with the Lord, the more he reminds me of things that need to be sorted. He encourages me, yes, but he reminds me of things that need to change. He will do that to you too. He's not condemning, but he does convict. And I want to say to you that there are people here, I believe, watching this stream who God is convicting right now to, to, do, to do something, to make a difference, to make a change. So Jesus demonstrated what our Father in heaven is like. If you want to know what, what, what is the Father like, my, my, my cry to you would be, look at Jesus. We, we, love the, we love the epistles, we love reading scripture, we love the, the, the things that Paul has said. But if you, if you want to know what the standard is, I always say to people, look at Jesus. And that's why reading the Gospels is so very important. See how Jesus operated, see how he lived. And I believe that you know, when this coronavirus um, and the lockdown lifts, we as a church, New Life Church, Crouch Valley, we have a responsibility to demonstrate what the Father's like. We have a responsibility to go out into the, into the world and make Jesus known, to make God famous. You know, Jesus demonstrated what the Father is like in heaven. And in this story in Matthew, it said, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news. Now, the good news is the gospel. Gospel means good message. A good message, in my opinion, if I look at Jesus on this standard, a good message needs to be declared. It needs to be preached. But it also needs to be brought, demonstrated and shown. And Jesus did that. The good news, it says in this story, the good news of the kingdom. So Jesus demonstrated what the kingdom of God was like, what the realm of God was like. And people were healed of every disease and sickness. They wasn't just told the way to salvation. They were also shown, and this is what it looks like. Every sickness was healed. Every disease was healed. I believe that is still our mandate today as a church. We need to demonstrate what God is like. Jesus preached good news, but he also healed every disease and sickness. He spoke about how to get to heaven. I am, or Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he also demonstrated what the realm of heaven was like. Prostitutes got saved, their lives were transformed. People that were hungry were fed food, taxes were paid. I just want to say that our God is not limited just to preparing you for heaven. He also wants you and I to demonstrate what he's like. And if I'm really honest, I'm not sure we've done as good as we could. And that's not to condemn us. The gospel that Jesus preached was words and power. He didn't say for us the gospel is just preaching words. And I believe that the gospel that the apostles preached was words and power. 
And so therefore I must believe that the word, the word, the gospel that we preach must include words. We must declare the way of salvation, but we must also demonstrate what heaven is like. Words are cheap. And there's loads of us that say words. But sometimes I need to see actions to the words that are said. The good news that Jesus preached was words that changed hearts. And then there was power that changed lives. People who were sick and diseased in this day, in Matthew, when Matthew was written, they were, they were healed of every sickness and disease. I long to see family being restored to the United Kingdom. I long to see divorce diminish till it becomes nothing. I long for the church to be called upon by government to address things like coronavirus because wherever Jesus went, the sick got healed. And I, need to, and I believe that if we was allowed to be let loose, there would be more healing in the land. I would love for Basildon Hospital to ring me up and say, hey, Rob, would you come and just prayer walk the hospital? Because I carry something that brings healing to the oppressed and the broken. So today in the body of Christ, we have churches that preach a gospel of many words, but demonstrate little power. Everything is heaven focused. Yet in my opinion, that is not the gospel demonstrated by Jesus. His gospel preached connection with the Father, but changed the everyday. In the here and now as well. Verse 36 says, Jesus was moved with compassion. Do you know, I, during this lockdown, I've been moved more by compassion than I have for the, for the last six years. I, I find myself getting emotional. I find myself weeping. I find myself longing for things. I, I find myself praying for the queues that are queuing up at Tesco's right now. I long for my shadow to fall on sick people queuing at the chemist and they're instantly healed. I'm starting to have compassion for, for people, uh, you know, for family members that I've not contacted for years. I, the other day I rang my cousin because I saw her on Facebook. He was a nurse at St. George's Hospital in Ilford. And I rang him up and I just said, Barry, I want to I apologise for the years that I've not contacted you. And, you know, a couple of days later he rang me up. We had a conversation. And I'm determined to keep that connection with my cousin, who at the moment probably is lost. And I desire for him to find Jesus in all of his fullness. So Jesus was moved with compassion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. And I want to just say to you that around us, around us in this world, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are harassed and helpless. And I believe that we in the church, we have the answer. We have the answer, which is you need Jesus in your life. I make no apologies for the gospel. I make no apologies for the, for the good news of the gospel. My friend Andrew Cannon has, has challenged me to get excited again about the good news, about getting excited about people giving their lives to Jesus, coming into a right relationship with Jesus. Really important. Every person was born with destiny and purpose, and so many people are not fulfilling what God has called them for. So I need compassion. Without compassion, our words lack love. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, it will tell you what, what lacking of love looks like. Clanging, gong, and clashing cymbal. And sometimes in the church, that's what we've been. 
We know what the problem is, but we don't reveal what the answer is. And like my good friend Phil Pavitt has said uh, from, this, from this spot a couple of weeks ago, we're not called to be thermometers. We're called to be thermostats. We're called to make a difference. We're called to give our lives. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice, and we're called to give our lives as a sacrifice. You know, um, Jesus is the good shepherd. A good shepherd brings security to his sheep. So God is saying here, I want to help you in your harassed and helpless state. And my prayer is, uh, and sorry, and he le- a good shepherd leads his sheep to good pasture. Even in this crisis, I know that God is for me. I have no fear of COVID-19. My, my shepherd is, is as, as he's described in Psalm 23. He never fails. He never leaves me to be harassed or distressed. He is 100% trustworthy. At a season when everything has been shaken, I want to say God has not been moved. He is exactly the same yesterday, today and forever. And then he calls us, and I'm having to rush this, guys, because I think my time is nearly up. So I'm rushing now. I think he calls us. He's then looking and he says, then he says to his disciples. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're a follower of Jesus today, he's calling you and he says, guys, the harvest is plentiful. And I want to say right now that this is a this could be the New Life Church's finest hour. I believe the gospel is good news and the, the fields are white for harvest. But what God is crying out for in this verse, what Jesus is saying, is it's not that there's not a harvest. It's saying that the workers are few. And I want to say to us that we, we in New Life Church, this is a season to get ready. Because this COVID-19 restrictions are going to be lifted. And I believe that this is a season where we need to get ready because God is calling us out into the harvest field. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest field. And that's my heart cry for us as we go forward from this place. He's Lord, Lord, make me a worker. May I not just be selfish and thinking about all the nice things I have, although there's nothing wrong with some of those things. Lord, I want to sacrifice my life for the glory of God. I want to move out. I want to see Essex transformed. I want to see Wickford transformed. I want to see Southwood and Ferris transformed. I want to see the Crouch Valley transformed. And the only thing that I know that brings transforming power is Jesus Christ. Everything else is stripped away, but he is eternal and he is faithful. And God is asking me and you to no longer be thermometers. There are lots of people who can tell you what's wrong. And they do it often. But God wants us to be demonstrators of his power too. Supernatural power from God which is natural for him, but is supernatural for us. So my message for us today is, get ready. Get ready. Prepare yourself. And respond to that cry that Jesus prayed in Matthew 9, 37, 38, 39. 38, sorry. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. And my heart cry is, Send me. And so if you're listening to this message 
and you don't know Jesus and you'd like to, I just want to invite you to pray a prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognise that I am a sinner and that I have sought to lead my life following my own good ideas and the practices of the world. And I realise now that I need you in my life. So Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I need salvation and I need a saviour. And that saviour is you. And so therefore, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I receive your forgiveness right now for all of my sins. And I invite you to change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen.